This podcast is brought to you by GA Sports. GA Sports is home of the O'Connor Slitter, Ireland's number one hurling ball used by 311 clubs nationwide. Welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Delighted to be joined by Gaelic Life journalist Niall McCoy. Um, I suppose, Niall, some cracking uh, games uh, last weekend in Ulster, but kind of have to start with Trillick and Killy Carr, the first live game penalty shootout. Uh, what drama, but such a tough way to go out for Killy Carr. Yeah, um, I think the also in the first half, like the first 15, 20 minutes, they're outstanding, like they're just full of running. You know, I, I know there's been a bit of debate about which is the best club championship, but Thrones never veered away from knockout football. They've never tried anything, and it just works. Like they're absolutely crazy about their football up there, their league footballs, like championship football at times. And, you know, it's just been so hard to retain. No one's retained it since. Uh, I don't know how long now, but a long time since anyone's retained the title and throne, and it just points to a brilliant championship. Trillick, I thought, probably would have won that by four or five points. I think they're coming away thinking they're very, very lucky. They played some great stuff at times. I suppose quarter two, they were very good. Uh, you know, Lee Brennan really took off at that stage, but Trillick or Killy Clark are very disappointed. Just give everything. And I suppose it doesn't make it any easier, but when you get knocked out, having given your all, at, at least you can say uh, no regrets to give everything but penalties first time in Tyrone it was new an intermediate match actually went to penalties last night between Gorchin and Eglish Gorchin won that too so it's coming like London buses so it is at the moment but it, the debate rages about whether it's a good thing as someone said during the week it's still a skill and I was talking to Pierre so clear Paul Duffy they'd be maddening our man penalties and he says yeah it mightn't be the most first but it's still a skill to put away a penalty so I can sort of see both arguments for it. I think it'll become more familiar, and when it becomes more familiar, people will be more accepting of it. I suppose, like, just looking at that Trillick team, uh, Rory and Lee Ren, uh, Richie and Matty Donnelly, is that the difference, really, like, to have them four high-quality players at club level, to have them before the county season starts? Is that where Trillick are at a bit of an advantage compared to the rest of the clubs in Tyrone? Yeah, well, I suppose it's it's your spine there too, you know. So it's just an unbelievable spine, and and to be fair to them for like that, they always do pull well for a club, even when they have county commitments. So there's never really been an issue at that. Um, listen, I've had to see a management team for a few years. They've they've done well, you know. They've sort of just a good solid team. Obviously, with those players are are real standouts. Like, but you know, Lee Brennan's. I, I mentioned him there. Like, he is such a star when he's on his day like he puts in some unbelievable tallies when he's on his day you know and I just think they used their bench very well there was a lot of rotation with their subs and all the other day they were bringing boys on and off and stuff and they just seem like a club that just sort of knows what it does there's no real drama with it um Richie seemed to have a wee bit of an issue injury wise late on so that probably hurt them a bit and me a dude given that the games are coming so fast but uh, they're just a good, solid team to give their all, and that's all you want. Um, they've had a couple of brilliant years, and it looks like they could be in for another big one. The the thing with Tyrone, you know, I think in most counties we we hear of you know county players that maybe aren't standing out for the clubs, and there's a variety of reasons for that. You know, there might be the county commitments, there might be pressure from management, and all. It's not really a big issue I've seen with Tyrone clubs. Um, they're just the county players are such club men. 
um, that it really shows and has shown for years, even when the seasons were overlapping, like, you know, to do get their, their, their juice out of the county, man. Yeah, and then Cole Island getting a narrow victory uh, over Derry Lawn. Obviously, having Michael McGeer and poor Kamsey uh, in your defence is going to be massive. And young Tiernan Quinn has been promising um, at Tyrone for underage level. But I suppose just doing enough in the end, Cole Island, to get over that one. Yeah, I've seen Quinn. Um, I've seen him for on county duty at underage, and he, he's an excellent player. Um, yeah, it was tougher, probably closer than what people expected. It definitely was closer than what people expected. Cole Island played their big, big rivals in the first match, Cano, and, you know, there was such a big build-off for that match. And they put so much into that, and there was so much, you know, attention on the match. Sometimes it's hard to get back off for a game after you do win that. So, you know, there was such euphoria after the big Cano that it's it's hard, you know, there wasn't maybe the rivalry there for that match, and maybe. So, uh, to me, it's probably great preparation going into the semi-finals, the fact that the, they maybe just didn't hit the heights that they wanted to do. They got the job done but can obviously play a lot better. And I think their manager will be sort of happy enough with that going into it, you know? Yeah, uh, Dungannon beating Airbo, um, I suppose outside the county of Tyrone, it's a massive upset, really. Dungannon don't really stand out name, Port McNulty at midfield, then Airbo are really, some really talented players, Kyle Coney, Michael Cassidy, Brian McGuigan and Dave Mulgrew, like a huge result for Dungannon to win on a scoreline of 123 to 215. Yeah, Dungannon, I suppose, have been the common team over the last year or two. Um, just excellent young players coming through, really solid side. And I suppose went into this championship this year, sort of, and the question was, could they step up? Could they mix it with the big lads? Because they've been doing very well in the league. Uh, there was a lot of sort of focus on Dungannon. Could they move into that top tier? Now, they made the extra time in the first match, too, against uh, Lock McCrory, had a golden scoring patch and won by five or six, I think, in the end. Extra time suited them well against Arbo too. Uh, I think I'd have to mention the performance of Paul Donaghy. 14 points um, over 80 minutes is just unbelievable scoring. And the thing was, you know, a lot of them points came at the pressure situations to draw them level and extra time to get it to extra time. You know, when Arbo were getting a run, if it was Donaghy that stood up time and time again. So it was probably the performance of the weekend. Certainly in Toronto was Paul Donaghy's total because... Uh, just it'll go down as a legendary performance in the club, but they are they're an exciting team, and I tell you what, they'll give Argyll their their fill of it next week in RTE, um, because their confidence is going to be sky high, and they have been talked about as a team that has the potential, and they're taking the steps, which is exactly what Dungannon people wanted to see. Yeah, and then Argyll Kieran um getting over Jamore by the skin of their teeth by the minimum twelve points to eleven, but like, how big of a blow is? Derek Hanavan's broken wrist for Argyll Kieran. Obviously, still have um, Peter Hurt, Aidan McCurry, Niall Kelly, and Ben McDonald. But like to lose a player like Derek Hanavan, and was this game really a shootout between Hurt and Slutton? Yeah, it's Canavan's uh, just he is for the age, and I suppose it's, you have to remember how young he is. But he's just he, he's like the dad in that. He plays the game almost in slow motion and he seems to have space around him now. I've seen him a few times now. I haven't seen him too much, but a few times I've seen him, he's just been an excellent prospect. And I think the big thing for him is giving him a bit of space and just let him develop because he is following in obviously the biggest uh, footsteps. Uh, his loss, yeah, here it's huge to Argyll. Um, probably saw that against Dramor, probably missing a couple of his scores there. But, you know, Dramor have been noted in Tyrone as being the real grinding team over the last decade that can grind out results and, and get these victories. But it was Argyll that came out with the winner yesterday. So 
in terms of psychology, that is a massive, massive thing. Is you know, I think it was eleven ten I finished or something like that. So they didn't shoot the lights out, but the one anyone who wins a tight match against Dromore, they're taking a lot from it, and that'll be a big thing for them moving forward. The fact that they took a big scalp against a team that's noted for winning tight encounters. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see Ergil Kieran now versus Dungannon and Cole Island versus Trillick, two tough semi-finals to call. Um, I suppose moving on to Irma, um, the tightest semi-final um, really surprisingly, um, Cross McGlynn and Kalevi, 15 points to 13. Um, Cross McGlynn are really expected to be a step ahead of everyone in Irma this year, but don't only get over Kalevi by two points to be a bit disappointed with that. Uh, and Marino needed to still pull on the strings. I suppose, has Jamie Clare been featuring at all this year for Cross McGlynn? No, he's not with Cross McGlenn this year, so he's not involved this year. Um, yeah, listen, um, I suppose every I was talking to Cleavy Man Cleavy, I think Cross were one to fourteen or something going into the match. They are huge, huge favourites. So I was talking to Cleavy Man before the match, and I said he wondered. He says, "Do we have a chance?" I didn't think they really did, to be honest with you. Uh, I says the two things you'd need would be a couple of goals and a really good start, and they had neither of those. And they started slowly, they conceded the first three points, they didn't score a goal. So it was, you know, a full credit to Cleavy that they didn't have those things going in favour, but they still took it all away. And only for a magnificent save from Tiernan McConville, they probably would have won because momentum was with them. Cross were down to 14 with Tony Kernan's missile. So it, it would have been probably, you know, Cleavy, I've, I've seen Cleavy, they're an excellent side, they're a young side, but they're quite physically big despite their age profile. Probably still would have been the biggest shock I've seen in Armagh in a couple of decades. Probably, you know, Cross have only lost, what, four county matches in Armagh since 1996. And, you know, they're coming up against top teams in those four games. So it, it would have been a massive shock. And, you know, it probably doesn't mean a lot to Cleveland now. They lost the match, but they really, really produced it and really put it to, I suppose, the best team in Armagh, probably by a, a far away distance at the moment. And then Mahari getting over Pierce to book their place in the county final. Um, Mahari being there, thereabouts. This game was hard to call really before it, but just Mahari kind of showing that bit more experience than Pierce Oak really in the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably a bit more accuracy too. The Oaks did kick a, a lot of shots wide and stuff, but uh, probably a result and a performance Mahari needed. It's sort of been getting there, hadn't been playing particularly well for what is a very good group of players who should be challenging for Armagh titles. Probably haven't really hit any sort of massive heights in league or championship. Did a good win against Cross, but that was first round of the league. Probably can't read too much into it. They sort of got over Drum and Tee. Drum and Tee were very poor, but did four points to spur. Then they beat Clenarn after extra time. Again, Clenarn will be looking back with regret. So they hadn't really played that well. But whatever happened at the first water break, I think they hit 1 5 without reply between there and the full time whistle. And that was the basis there. Mahri, one thing, Mahri are they're excellent at protecting the lead. So once they had that 4 or 5 point gap, it's very, very hard. And even cross, if they go 4 or 5 points behind Mahri, they will find it very hard to reel them in. So still probably have to take it to the next couple of levels to have any chance against cross. But this, this isn't. Uh, you know, it's not a long shot. This is Mahri. They are in the 2016. They won it. They got to the final the next year. They probably should have won it. Only they are hit with two very quick goals. So they're not a bad side. They do have a lot of miles on the clock. They're probably the oldest team, I would say, in the senior championship. That's fair enough. But they're very experienced. And I think that semi-final will do them the world of good, Paul. Yeah, and moving on to the down action, probably the game that was talked about 
the most, um, probably one of the most intriguing clashes. Um, Byrne, um, who won the county championship uh, more recently, and Kilku, obviously, last year's All Ireland finalists, um, recovering from their f- defeat the last day, um, winning out 111 to 9 points. And I think it was just really, it was a very young Byrne team, apart really from Donald Hare, and they just didn't really have that know how and experience it looked like against Kilku. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Burnham had some absolutely incredible underage teams the last couple of years. And Paddy Rourke, his credit, is trying to blow some of them very quickly. They're getting thrown in very quickly. Uh, we've seen boys like Liam Carter and Ron McGrath, boys like that. They're, they're really, really good footballers. And for the first half, they, they really give it to Kilku. They were as good as Kilku in that first half. Uh, Joan Johnson scored a cracking goal. But I think I was at it, and I think it was level at halftime. I can't say it for certain, but... Um, just in the second half, Kilku's physicality sort of took over a wee bit. You could see that they were a team that had played senior football together for a lot of years, whereas this Kilku, or sorry, this Burn team was just still on the start of its journey. You mentioned there, Donal and Kevin McCarran was there too, and you know, not many two pa- away from them have been about for too long. So I wouldn't be too disheartened if it was a Burn fan, to be honest. I wouldn't say it's a match they should have won or could have won. I think it became clear after 40 minutes that there probably was going to be just one winner. But there was enough in that first half and there's enough talent in those young lads to be very confident that this Burn team will win. A number of championships will be at the top for a long time. Uh, Donald will Donald be about for a few years. I thought last night he maybe looked like he was carrying a wee knock. They just couldn't get him into the game enough. I think that was pretty crucial as well. Um, when he did get the ball, he done well now, but it just, you know, Donald can dominate teams and we maybe didn't see that enough. Um, I'm not sure. I think he might have had a knock or something, but a really good side. Kilku, you know, the disappointment and the controversy over the Warren Point defeat and, you know, whatever happened like that. So they're just glad to get back on the road. Um, the only downside was pretty unsavoury scenes at the full-time whistle, um, which were all caught in camera. So... Depends on on how the county board, if the county board are putting stock in video footage, then they could have one or two bands going into their quarterfinal with uh, Restrever. Yeah, um, another result then, Clonduff beating Mayo Bridge. Probably a bit of a surprise um, for people outside of the county, but Clonduff just getting overlined by the minimum on a scoreline of 211 to 16 points. Yeah, uh, not without controversy either. Um, I, I would have had it as a 50-50 match. Like Clondoff are an excellent side. You have the O'Higgins, you have the McConvilles, you know, you have really good players there. Um, they just sort of played in patches, Clondoff, and I was talking to their slackers after, and they agreed that they didn't really play that well. Mayabridge looked sharp under Kieran McKeever. I have to say, it's the first time we've seen Mayabridge this year, and I was really impressed with them. Uh, thought they moved the ball very well, but the big thing was a call at the end of the first half, which... I think it was about a minute out. Uh, ball is played in. Mayobridge keeper Sheelan Strain took it. And I was very close to the line. Uh, played the ball out. And then the umpire came and raised the green flag. Now there's clips and videos and all. And it remains inconclusive. But I think Mayobridge is, and I, I totally agree with them on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, their issue is that the umpire that gave it was standing behind the goals. So he really wasn't in a position to make the call 100%. He would have had to be right in line with the post, and he was nowhere near the post. He, he was behind the goal. So it was strange to make that call being so far away. It might have been, you know, I don't think we'll ever get a conclusive answer of whether it was behind or not. That's fair enough. I just found, I think that's where most of my 
anger would be if I was a media bridge, the fact that he made the call from a position where he simply could not be 100% sure. Well, listen, it's not clumped off. They, they played to the end and, you know, Steve McConville, he got the goal. And I was watching the clip last night and, you know, two men went for the ball. He went over the ball and Ross Carr, they both slammed in the net. And technically, actually, Ross Carr would have been a square ball where McConville held his run brilliantly. So, you know, that was clever and he finished well and Clondoff deserve all the credit in the world for, for getting over the line. They stuck in it, but it's definitely one that will hurt the Bridge. Yeah, and then um, I suppose the final preliminary quarterfinal really, um, Breda 2-8, Longan Island uh, 1-18, comfortably in the end for Longan Island. Yeah, yeah, Longan Island are a good team. Longan Island are a very good team. They're very big, they have good forwards and stuff like that, I suppose. Into Arson won Lock and Island, they had Rory Mason in attack. Uh, Brendan Mason was managing Breda. Um, Jody Gormley is over Lock and Island. He had taken Breda in the past and done quite well with Breda in the past as well. So there's lots of wee subplots like that. Um, Lock and Island just, just had the edge the whole way through. Lock and Island are a good side. They lost to Longstone in the first round, which was a wee bit of a, well, a minor surprise maybe because they've had Longstone's numbers this last couple of years. But they're a really good side. They've still got Dan Gordon there. He's still trekking for them, like, and he's been around a long time. And they're just a big physical side. Of you know, they've, they've won intermediate titles recently, and just you know, on their day, if they can get their power and their pace going, they're they're dangerous for any side. So, listen, they're in the quarters now, and they'll be they'll be hopeful that they can get past that stage. And a bit of drama here in the fourth preliminary quarterfinal uh, involving Down Patrick um, Not. Yeah, ho- hopefully I'll have more of an accurate update in Gaelic life this week. It's I'm not quite sure. I have to make a few phone calls. Basically, their match with Carrie Duff was called off a number of times for different various reasons. Um, I believe the last time, possibly the third cancellation, was because Dan Patrick had a COVID issue in the club. So I don't know if it's a bylaw that's been inserted for this year or what, but I think there's a time limit on when you can replay the fixture. Don't think Down Patrick may have had clearance from the health authorities to play at a fixture. Not quite sure. I have to go to the county board. I have to go to Down Patrick, try and get the details ironed out a bit. At the moment, as it stands, Down Patrick are in the relegation playoffs and Carrie Duff are going on to play a long stone for a spot in the quarter final. That's how it stands. I would be astonished if it just plays out smoothly like that. I would be very certain that Down Patrick will be appealing this. We've already seen on Twitter a lot of players, a lot of supporters, and all are. Tweeted their displeasure at what's happened, gathering a wee bit of momentum. Uh, seeing more details will be revealed this week, a bit more, it'll become a bit more clear. But I'd be shocked if this doesn't appear in front of appeals, a county board, and and who knows where after that, depending on the outcome. Yeah, very interesting to see there. Um, moving on to the Monaghan Senior Football Championship, Bally Bay and Scotstown already in the semi final. The quarterfinals took place last weekend in a scheme 217 through a 19. And I suppose after Inniskeen knocking out Con Tiberis, and people were probably wondering, could they get back down to earth to produce a performance uh, in the semi-final? And Oshie McConville is doing a terrific job. And if you're looking at the Inniskeen team, not really any household names. Andrew Woods, their only county player. And they're really having a terrific season so far. Yeah, McConville's done a brilliant job. He's done a super job. Uh, and the thing you have to note is true have probably been as impressive as probably the second most impressive in the championship to date. You know, the I think it was Latin to put a real uh, trouncing on, like they've been an excellent side and a really good emerging side over the Monaghan the last couple of years. So to go there and, and sorry, to beat them by 
you know, quite comfortably in the end is a super result for them. Uh, you mentioned there, you know, the Woods and Jones and, you know, to have a, there were two young lads that have come through from a, an in a scheme minor side that done really well and they're two boys that the club's very excited. They're just, I suppose, in a scheme, they're a very, I, I, I don't mean this, you know, in a bad way, but they're just a hard work and they don't really have any superstars. Like the Megans there are, have, you know, played for years and are excellent footballers, you know, They've been in and out. Donny played for the Monaghan under 21s that won an Ulster title, for example. And they're just a really good team that loves their club. Um, no superstars, you know, and that suits them down to the ground. Just a really solid squad, uh, really good players, and a dual club too. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of the boys just opted for football alone this year, and that's probably helped them as well. No hurling commitments for quite a few of them. So just, you know, getting Archie McConnell, you know, was it was a bit of a it's proven a bit of a master stroke to be honest with you um because it's been you know back in the semi-final it's, it's superb now it's superb and listen they'll go in full of confidence and then the other quarter final carrying cross 313 mahaglune mitchell's 115 i suppose it's been great for mahaglune to get to a quarter final after everything that's happened in the club and you thought they would have just kept gathering momentum but they're stopped yesterday by carrick mccross and Young Stephen O'Hanlon um, is looking very promising for Carrick Cross. Yeah, I think Stephen's back in the Monaghan uh, panel now. He, he had opted out, but as far as I know, he's back in. So that's another, you know, indication of just how good this lad is. Um, you know, Maher Clune, uh, I think it was McMahon got the goal, put them four up um, early in the second half. And uh, you're, you're thinking, can they push on here? Because they have the talent. But, you know, fair play to Carrick Cross, they got goals when they needed to get goals. Um, the last one had a bit of fortune. I think it was Ward pulled off a superb block and it just fell to the Carrick by and he, he finished it well. So, you know, Manny McLean came in this year to Carrick. He took over a side that had done very well in the last couple of leagues but hadn't been able to really transfer to the, the championship stage. They had a good management team. Everything seemed to be going well but just missing out. So, from from that end, Manny's done a great job. He's got them to the last four which is probably further than they've been for quite a few years now. So, Listen, again, quite like in a scheme, you know, they're going up against the undoubted Big Two now in, in Scottstown and Bally Bay and to go in with no real pressure on them. And, and who knows, they're both playing well, they're both in form and they're both scoring quite a lot. Yeah, moving on then to the Fermanagh quarterfinals. Um, Derry Gonley just getting over Rossley uh, Shamrocks, just enough to do in the end. Um, 10 points to six. The Jones is impressive again. Um, I suppose it's looking like Derry Gonley are going to go all the way again. Yeah, um, I think, and I would have thought before the ball was thrown in that it's set up for a, a Derry Gonley Adderney final. Um, but Rosalia probably had their chance, you know, uh, for the last 10 minutes. They're very competitive. Their first score was an absolute golden goal chance. And keeper made a great save from Sean Quigley. It was just, uh, he was only a few yards out, like, you know, and I think Sean would be disappointed he didn't finish that. So if that had went in, you know, given how low scored and the fact only scored five points there from there on in, if that had went in, put them a goal up early on, who knows how it would have worked out. But, you know, it was, it was for 50 minutes, it was a tight affair. And, you know, Russell are a bit of a giant over this last 10 years. But this last couple of years, they've sort of have fallen away from Derry Gonley, you know. So, but Derry Gonley has to have done to find a way and as you said the Jones there you know they've kicked over crucial scores at crucial times once again which is something we're very very used to seeing they're going for six in a row which is incredible in any county so can it be stopped hard to see but 
I, I wouldn't see it's nailed in stone just yet. Let's see it happens. And then T Moore defeating Tempo, uh, probably biting their fingernails at the end, um, two eight to thirteen points against Tempo. Yeah, and I think Barry Owens might have gotten the one of the goals for T Moore, and he, he's actually scored a couple in the league this year. So you know, class is permanent. Like you know, I'm not sure what age Barry is now, but he's been around the block a long time. Yeah, it was one of one of a number of of tight matches there. The Darren Gales match was a was a tight one too. A couple of games went to hold, and Canali sorry went to hold distance. So. It's it's probably a good semi final. You know, we already I mentioned them earlier. They got the better Ballin and Lech, who beat them last year, uh, which at the time was a, a big shock. But Ballin and Lech went on and, and done great things, have done great things since. So it maybe didn't look as much of a shock on reflection, but that's a big win for them. And out of the four, you know, they've been kept aside, Ernie and Derry Gonley in the semis. And I do think that's going to be the final we're going to see. And I think it could be a cracker because they've had a wee bit of history those last couple of years and league finals and things like that, uh, various sort of controversies. So it's the final, no disrespect to the other two. I, I'd love to see it, like Canali and Timor are excellent players, but I expect to see Edney and, and Derry Gonley in the final. And I think it'll be a really good final. Absolutely. Um, and then I suppose the other two results, Kilnally 2-8, uh, Aaron Gales 1-9, Edinburgh 1-11, uh, Bellinick 2-2. Um, the Cavan quarterfinals, um, right. some surprises really. Gauna 3-10, Cross your lock, um, 2-19. People were expecting this Gauna to push on, but just coming up short. Yeah, no, that's, listen, it's a good Cross your lock side, there's no doubt. Um, you know, they've been the county final, they've no Darren McVitie obviously at the moment, but they're a good side. Um, the group stages in Cavan this year, uh, you know, Kings Court topped the group, but we saw it was sort of a bit like Donegal who've done the same yeah. format this year. The big teams were doing well, like, you know, and it's sort of the way it worked out. Cavan Gales playing Remore sort of was the big quarter final. So, that, you know, that was just for the Gales to be so, so comprehensive. And that match, Kieran Donnelly's side was a real statement of intent. Uh, sorry, you mentioned Gowna there too, and I, I, I would have fancied Crusher Lock there now, to be honest with you, like, you know, so I, I don't think it was a huge shock or anything like that, but it's it's left us in a really good sort of semi-finals again. We're seeing it's uh, seeing some great semi-final parents across the across the province, really. It's really working out with a lot of the top teams are, are making their charge, you know, and it's just really set off for a couple of brilliant weeks. And the two other um, quarter-final results, uh, two narrow victories really. Mullahoran at uh, two fifteen, Kings Court Stairs twenty two points, Castle Rahan three thirteen, Lavi twenty one points. Uh, two very close games. Yeah, Lavi and Castle Rahan went the extra time, not for the first time either. Um, I was following it on Twitter and I was just back and forth. Castle Rahan got a sort of late goal to, to win it, like, but that's uh, those two teams always seem to have real battles and real close contests. Uh, Castle Hanna, you know, a couple of years ago they hadn't won a title. They're going for three in a, three in a row this year. They've no Kean Mackey. He's transferred out of the club. So, you know, he's been the linchpin of the team over the last couple of years. So to, uh, it was interesting seeing them in that sort of do or die situation, extra time, and not having Mackey there to see how to respond. But they got the job done, which is which is great credit to them. And I suppose a real boost that they don't have to rely on Mackey to kick over an inspirational or using speed to get up the the, the pitch 50 yards. Um, Mullahorn, yeah, great effort, great effort. Uh, Kings Court had a super group campaign. They're going in absolutely buzzing. Uh, Mullahorn only actually snuck into the quarters. I think it was Killigarry conceded 1-2 or something to draw Killigarry. 
lost all our matches pretty much gnarly probably should have made the top eight but Mullahorn snuck in and very nearly snuck into the semi-finals too but King scored probably full of beams uh just over you know a really good group and that probably got them through in the end I suppose the garage McKiernan transfer to Cavan Gales has really been massive like I suppose I suppose that's one reason why you could see Cavan Gales going all the way this year Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, for Kieran Donnelly, there's, he's got a midfielder and a potential full forward tool. You know, he's Kieran can play at sort of 8, 11 or 14, you know, at various stages at, at a match. And, you know, this, he'd never played senior championship football before a few weeks ago. He'd never played a senior championship match, you know, so it's all new to him too. This level of football at club level, he's obviously experienced at the county. Like, so... It's interesting that, you know, going into that environment, but he's such an asset. He's such an asset to have because they've had a few hamstring issues and stuff with their attackers. So, you know, their depth was tested a wee bit. So they haven't. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Delighted to be joined by former Galway footballer uh, Barry Cullinan. I suppose starting closer to home first, um, the Galway Senior Football Championship. Um, a terrific result for Bayern who topped the group on six points, Barry, and surprisingly so, but with a man like Sean Conlon in there, it's not that surprising either. Yeah, um, I think when we did uh, a bit of a preview night earlier on in the year before the, the first first round of the championship, um, Barna were a team that Ray Silk, Michael Donnell and myself kind of, I wouldn't say we wrote off, but cert- certainly didn't expect to see them top in the group. But uh, Kevin Walsh, you know, who... Um, Kevin Walsh, who obviously has you know, a fair knowledge of football, put us all back in our place. And I, I text Kevin, text Kevin there a few weeks ago and said, no, like, wasn't there right about Barna? Just to, 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 just to, to stir it up a little bit. But, uh, you, you know, it, it's a brilliant result for them. And, and it goes to show you, like, the experience that Sean Conlon got from from working in the environment that Kevin had and with, with Galway really stands to them and they've, they, you know maybe we were a little bit too quick in writing them off then when you when you looked at their team on paper they've like they've six very good backs um and they haven't conceded much and and you know they've, they've um they've certainly they've certainly got good structures in place and they're they're um you know they got Tum in the in the quarterfinals so that'll be a, a good battle because Tum had a, a really good win over Clergoa yesterday. Yeah, and I suppose just talking about Sawtill there before we came on air, their group campaign for the club a size of Sawtill, it's a disgrace really. Like the players they have, the underage talent, the lads they have got in, and especially winning the last few minor titles, you'd expect them. And just because the referee, he first it was a draw, but then he added it up and Sawtill won by a point, but like. Should be expecting Saltill to top that group really with ease, like with the talent they have. Yeah, I think they've won the last four minors, which you know it doesn't always translate. But on top of that, then you have a number of very, very experienced senior players as well. So they, they look to have a like a really good balance, and you know Sean Armstrong back, um, a, a lot of a lot of really, really good footballers, and 
like the Barner result was very surprising. Um, you know, at, at a stage yesterday, I think at half time, Spiddle, Spiddle were seven up. If Spiddle were eight up, then Saltill were out of the championship, and Spiddle were through. So, um, you know, to give them credit, you know, um, they did do very well to come back, and you know, I think you know everyone thought it was a draw, um, but I think Martin Clarity had a had a different result. And look, thank God, and and for for everyone involved, it, it wouldn't have made any difference the draw. You know, the win for Saltill or the draw, it, it didn't change anything dramatically because you know you, you don't want you know for everyone bored and uh, for all officials and both teams the last thing we needed now was was some kind of a debacle in terms of of um you know a referee's report but um yeah like look so till our Sheridan and anti infinity will be very disappointed you know there's no no point saying any different look they could go out against Finn and put in an absolute cracking performance and and put one up you know, a real shock, a real shock in the cards. And it, you know what? I think for a quarter final, the Curfin draw is actually probably one that suits our tail. I think they know now that they really just have to perform, and if they don't, then they're they're gone. But um, certainly, they're going to be up against us, and you know their group form doesn't suggest that they'll compete with Curfin. But the quality of the players that they have suggests that they will. So it's going to be interesting to see which one stacks up in a in a quarter final. Yeah, then group two, uh, my column comfortably defeating Montpellier, but Montpellier rested a few players due to the open draw, so it didn't matter with the first or second. And a down defeating Brannocks by four points, and a down to save Brannocks into relegation. Uh, the Tune Clear Galway game was it just really Tune's experience and physicality that really got them over the line. Like, it's still very soon for Clear Galway. The bulk of the team are 2021, so I suppose they will learn from this. and. Could you could you see Donny Buckley's influence in this clear goal team? You certainly could. Um, I think I think Donny probably took a little bit more of the reins after the Killarney performance. I think that's the one that really really killed Clare Galway because they looked a little bit rudderless on that first game. Um, they certainly changed things around, and they were you know it was a real top quality performance against Carlstrand. Um, and then the last day or yesterday against Toom for twenty minutes of the first half, they looked. They looked like they could, com- could compete at any level. Um, you know, the strike runners coming off the shoulder. Dara Whelan got a great goal. They were competitive around the middle. They were causing, you know, Jack Lynn had been pushed over and Gary O'Donnell and had kind of put a squeeze on him a little bit. Um, and they looked like they were getting everything right. And uh, unfortunately, I suppose for the last five or six minutes of the last five or six minutes of the first half, Tume really did put that physical squeeze on it. Now I'm not sure did that a call come from management or you know they have some great leaders, Jamie Murphy, um, and, and obviously Gary O'Donnell and, and Noel Henrys and these guys that are around a long, long time. Even go back to Johnny Trayers and Gold. You know they they have huge experience, but then they've great great players up front as well, and like Brian Mannion, Colin McCall had an excellent game, but I think. They really, really, they up the intensity in the tackle. They up the intensity on breaks. They up the intensity in, on and everything that they did, and it just caught Claire Galway probably a little bit cold because um, that 
group that you speak about of them, Kirgoyle, as they've been so successful at underage levels, you know, really a lot of teams haven't been able to, to handle the quality that they have at all. But stepping up to senior is a it's a big, big step going up against these seen, seasoned campaigners. Um, and it'll take a year or two to adjust to that where you can go, well, look, you're not just going to be able to rely on that pure footballing ability to, to get you over the line. There has to be, you know, a, a hard edge to you as well. And uh, no better team you know, to show you that than Shum and they were outstanding for 40 minutes of that game yesterday. First 10 minutes, brilliant. Last 30 minutes, brilliant. Um, and they will certainly fancy their chances of, of you know, we, we talked about Barna, you know, Barna probably will fancy their chances against Shum, but Shum will certainly fancy their chances against Barna and pushing on, hoping, obviously, everyone is hoping to avoid Curve Finn and have a right crack at them if they got to a county final again like it was last year. And then Kalanen, one thing about this Kalanen team is they're excellent just like at hanging in games. They've done it against Clare Galway. They've done it yesterday. Cal Schrammer up by three at one stage. But Kalanen just seen, Patrick Sweeney seems to be playing very well for him. And Johnny Heaney's definitely stepping up at uh, decisive moments. But like, it's a great victory for them as well. But like, they'll have to fancy their chances against Montpellier as well in the quarterfinal. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, Montpellier, Montpellier can be deceptive in some ways like I, I did think, I think the rest of the lads the last day against my colour you know is that the right thing to do the wrong thing to do time will tell and, and come a quarter final um, they have some really really good quality Montpellier you know in terms of Michael Daly Owen Finnerty Barry McHugh um, even at the back the likes of Gary Sweeney and these guys um, Killanen are just like if you're looking for a club um, or a bunch of players that that jersey brings them on 10 or 15 percent then Kalanen is that team because they literally when we talk about teams that die in their boots Kalanen will do it for that jersey and no one no one typifies that more than than the two Sweeney's like they you, you know have been excellent and had excellent Galway careers probably curtailed a lot by injury um but their careers from Kalanen is every day you know and, and there's not an awful lot of county players that do it but that every day when they were playing for Galway, since they've played for Galway every day that they go out, the two Sweeney's are excellent for Clannan. Um, and Per Patrick in particular is playing really, really well. And, you know, I know it was a huge injury doubt about him yesterday. Um, but he, he did play, played very well. And, of course, Johnny Heaney came up that late goal. And, um, you know, there's no better man in Galway to, to arrive later on the scene and, and um, <coughs> excuse me, and, and finish, finish, a, finish a shot like that than Johnny Heaney. So... Again, they'll be delighted to get out of the group, but they, I, I would think from looking at them in a couple of games in the group now that they will need to improve to compete with Mount Bellew, but you know, they'll certainly, they'll cer they certainly have the players to probably pick up Mount Bellew's top three or four players, but I suppose it's the other 11 then, can they compete with Mount Bellew's? I, I, I question it, but again, you know, you question Clannan at your power. Yeah, and the quarterfinal draw now: Berna versus Two Stars, Mount versus St James's, Montbelly versus um, Killanen. Um So some interesting ties there, definitely. Um, and Kirkland versus Sawtill, of course. But moving to the Mayo Championship, uh, I suppose Brafey versus Balladrine uh, on RT. Brafey off to such a good start, three five to one seven. Or sorry, Balladrine off to such a good start, three five to one seven. David Drake goes off, Keen Hanley gets sent off and he was looking very good but then Bravey showing her class really 4-16 to 3-6 winners out 
Um, Conor O'Shea kicking one for four. Surely he is a man now has to be considered for Mayo because he looks like a terrific footballer and a great two-footed player as well. Like. Mm, yeah, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced on Conor O'Shea. I must say, I think like don't get me wrong, fine, fine footballer. Is he the missing link that I, I like? Remember what Mayo are looking for? They're looking for a player to get them over the line in terms of winning in All Ireland. You know, if if it was a team that you know they were striving to maybe win a championship game, win a couple of championship games, then the likes of Conor O'Shea would be, you know, he'd be in your team all day long. But if you're a team that has consistently been at the business end of a championship, um, and are looking for maybe an X factor player to get them over the line, is is Conor O'Shea that player? Possibly not. Is he good enough to be on the Mayo panel? I would I would say certainly, and judging by his performances. Um, for for Brayfield over the last couple of games, he certainly will. But I think you know there is mixed views, um, in Mayo around that, and and uh, no better men than the Mayo men and ladies and, and men for uh, for discussing discussing football. So that will be talked about over the next couple of weeks, certainly. Um, just just one point on that game. Like if you're any if you're a young forward and you're looking for you know, an example, or if you're a coach and you're looking to show a young forward example of your movement, then, you know, Andy Moran is 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 exactly what you're looking for. He plays full forward, like Keen Handy's hand pass, it must have been 20, 25 metres of a hand pass straight into his chest. Um, uh, but his movement, he, he never really ventures outside the 21. Um, a little bit, a little like Conor Callaghan, if you remember Conor Callaghan's goals against Mayo, um, in the Ireland final, you know, when he's been marked by Lee Keegan, his runs were all across the pitch inside the 21. So when he got the ball, it's goal chance. And it's the same with Andy Moore, and he's been doing that for Mayo for so long. But just that constant movement to create space for himself is, you know, it's a joy to watch. But, you know, Valhadrine, they'll be happy with their year, reasonably happy with their year. Brafey, I suppose, are a team that, um, you know, they've never... Have they won a Mayo Championship? No, they've never won a Mayo Championship. So they're a team that, you know, Aidan O'Shea is, is, you know, their figurehead, I suppose, and he's around a long time now at this stage. Still relatively young, but he will know that if he's to win a Mayo Championship, you know, it, it is going to have to be within the next couple of years. And uh, they'll certainly see with Casabar gone and, and Ballantubber gone, they'll certainly see that their chances are, um, that they have a right chance in, in, in going at this. Um, they're at the semi-final stage, but just like overall, you know, we saw saw the Balladrina and Brafey game at the weekend. But overall, it has to be said, the quality of the football championship all over the country is um, is breathtaking at times. And if there's one small snippet of uh, of of um, of brightness in this time that we have at the moment, it's that the clubs are really getting, um, you know, they're really getting the attention that they deserve. You know, probably playing games on better pitches, better weather, better surfaces, and the quality is brilliant. So I think the, you know, I think that's something that everybody's going to want to see from now on is that the clubs get a right shot at it and not just thrown out in county finals in November, semi-finals in November, October, end of October, November, where conditions are poor, pitches are poor. I think the club player deserves a lot better than that. And I think, you know, for reasons that we don't want, that we are seeing. Um, Seeing the fruits of that, and we're, I think we're also seeing the fruits of, of in hurling and football of your your county players training with your club on a regular basis. And I think, you know, Paul, your, your own club in Anna Down, I'm sure, sure training when you've Damien, you've Damien Comer there, 
on Curran and, and all your goal lads, Frankie Burke, you know, the, the top, top guys training the whole time, uh, the quality of your training goes up exponentially. And even if you look at the Haskell phone and what they're doing with the two Mannions, Sean Blaine, they're training the whole time. Haskell phone have improved and obviously look at, look at where they are. So I think that is certainly something that clubs are going to, I think clubs are going to demand more of now and that they've got a taste for having the players that they've produced around all of the time and I think that is something going forward every county county manager and county board is going to have to have a look at. And um, not more uh, defeating Ballantover probably has to be the shock with the club championship around the country. Two Darren McHale goals but like a massive result for not more. Yeah, huge results, you know, not more. I think it's probably 13 or 14 years since they, they last won a championship but a real you know, when we speak about Clan and like, or speak about uh, Mayo people loving their football, like they love their football and not more, and they pride themselves in their senior team, and they will have taken absolute as much delight as any club around the country has um, over that win over Ballantubber. Look, you know, Ballantubber, they they owe nothing to them. Play, set of players owe nothing to Ballantubber. They've given them great service over the last couple of years, um, but just on occasions, good teams get caught when they really. You know, not more were fired up. Um, they put in a huge performance, and they got goals when they needed to get them. And um, they just caught Ballantubber on on a poor day, and that's that's unfortunately for good teams that can happen. And Ballantubber, I'm sure, will try and uh, reassess and go again next year. Yeah, and Westport comfortably defeating the Neil three seventeen to three eight. Um, Ballinad then winning one eighteen to twelve points. Brendan Harrison out injured for Almore and Mass loss. And um, Porco Horror's comments still seem to be going okay now. There's Ballinar into the semi finals, anyways, but Ballinar leads Knockmore and Brayshaw read Westport to Mountwater and games there. But um, moving to the Dublin Championship, Nafina and Ballymun produced a fantastic game of football. And um, Ballymun just getting over the line by two points. But like, if you're just looking, as you were saying there, of a club that's having an advantage with the county players, it just has to be Ballymun with their spine, like. Ah, yeah, of, of course. Like they've produced, they've produced some brilliant, brilliant footballers, and and still produce, still, uh, still continue to produce them. Um, you know, Philly McMahon is is maybe come at the end of his career, and then the Smalls are just picking up the mantelpiece for them there. So, like, and possibly, uh. Possibly Ballymun might feel they've underachieved over the last couple of years, particularly with you know with the amount of talent that they have. Like um, James McCarthy's, to me, he's one of the best footballers of, of, his, of his generation. Uh, Dean Rock, obviously, you know, brilliant, brilliant forward. Philly McMahon, brilliant, brilliant defender, and then a load of guys thrown in around it as well. So it, I would imagine that they might possibly feel they've underachieved slightly over the last couple of years. Um, so they are. They're a team that will fancy themselves in the in the Leinster Championship. Oh, sorry, Dublin Dublin Championship first. Dublin Championship, but like I just think that they might have they might feel that they they have not progressed as much as they should have progressed over the last couple of years in the Leinster Championship. Yeah, and their full forward line very essential there. Dean Rock, Fig Andrews, and Paddy Small kicking thirteen points between them. Um, Jews comfortably defeating Scaries one seventeen to one ten. Um, it's how comfortably Kilmacud defeated St. Vincent's is really putting out a statement of intent. 4.15 to 
um, and all the full forward line kicking four ten out of that four fifteen between Paul Mannion, Darren Mullen, Hugh Kenny, Killian O'Shea, who's on the Dublin panel, didn't even start for Kilmago Crokes. Um, so that just tells you something. Obviously, not having Jeremy Connolly um, through injury was massive, really, lots for Vincent's, but to still defeat Vincent's by 12 points is a massive statement of intent. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge one, and, you know, they're, they're such a big, powerful club as well, that, that when they get, you know, they want to win, they're ambitious, hugely ambitious in, in both codes, um, you know, and they feel that they have every right to be competing at the business end of the Dublin Championship every year. Um, you know, when you speak about, about forwards and marquee forwards, there's very few better than Paul Mannion. Um, he has developed, I think he was a minor with Shane Walsh, um, same year. Um, he has developed, you know, Shane is, Shane this year is probably Shane's, just a pity what, hap- what has happened in terms of the Inter-County Championship, but Shane, it was looking like it could have been one of Shane's marquee years, and hopefully, you know, Kilcoyne Camborne will be hoping he does it for them, uh, and God, Paul Joyce will be hoping that when the Inter-County season knocks around, he'll do it for Galway, but Paul Mannion has been doing it for Dublin for, you know, seven, eight years, and um, he's just a Rolls-Royce for forward. Everything about him has has improved his work rate, his his decision-making, his efficiency at his shot-taking. And, like, when you have him pulling the strings for you up front and, you know, Keno Sullivan, although he's, you know, in, in, coming towards the end of his career, he's, he's manning the things at the back for them, then they're obviously going to have a huge say in that championship as well. And, like, I, I don't know what the draw is in Dublin, but I can certainly tell you one thing. If... if uh, if Kilmacud and Ballymun make it to a Dublin final and it's uh, 10 or 15 quid on a on a stream or if it's not on Tina G or live someplace else, that's I certainly will be spending my, my, my few quid on that because it's a game that could um it could be one of the one of the great games. Yeah, Kilmacud actually meet Ballymun in the semi final and uh Bad Broden meet Jude's. Um but I suppose like Barry Munn, um, to have a midfield of Brian Howard and Brian Fenton at club level is just phenomenal. Like to try and stop that is very hard. And like they were one ten to thirteen, uh, brought Bally Bowden extra time to Leicester champions, one thirteen to sixteen points. Then Brian Fenton misses a goal chance. Bally Bowden hit one three without reply, Colin Keane eating five points. But like that was massive for Rahini having them two lads back as well. Ah, uh, look, Brian Fenton is um you know, when they speak about great midfielders, you know, the likes of the, the Jack O'Shea's, you know, the Kieran Whelan, same club, Rahini, um, he he will go down as one of the all-time great midfielders. Um, I don't think he's ever been bet. He hasn't ever been bet in Championship with Dublin. Um, Footballer of the Year, is he twice Footballer of the Year, or definitely once and, and in contention a couple of times. And every day he goes out, he produces, you know, had maybe one of his quiet All-Ireland finals last year, but certainly certainly uh, made up for it. Um, and of course, Brian Howard, again, brilliant, brilliant footballer. We've seen what he does for wing forward for Dublin. But, you know, Bally Bowden are, are um, again, a seasoned outfit. And it, it just shows you what, you know, sometimes maybe we have a perception of Dublin clubs that they don't take it as serious or don't love it as much as, as us uh, down here in the west of Ireland. But um, when you see what Conal Keeney is doing for them, like he, Conal Keeney must be touching 40 at this stage. And week in, week out, he's still, he's still producing the goods for them. And just such a such a brilliant athlete. 
and so it looks, I, I don't know the guy, but just looking at him, uh, you know, when they do play, just a brilliant, brilliant attitude and a brilliant leader. And, you know, no more than what Kieran Fitzgerald was doing with Cora Finn. When younger guys can see what Conal Keeney does, um, it, it generates that spirit and that kind of uh, standards that have to be met and high standards that have to be met. And, you know, you, you just can't buy that in the club. And they're like, they're very, very fortunate that they have someone like him. Yeah, just uh, moving then to the Roscommon um, quarterfinals. Um, Clonagale defeating Western Gales 14 points uh, to 1-9. Amazingly, uh, Western Gales manager Fergal O'Donnell, but over Clonagale, uh, Kerry man, Liam Kearns, and I suppose Liam Kearns isn't going up there for nothing. Oh, Jesus, maybe the love, the love, the love, the love of the game, maybe. I don't know what, what he's gone up there for, but compared to Clan Gale, um, they either have very good persuasive powers or they have a big budget because year after year after year they, they, they pull out all the stops in terms of manager. I know Paul Curran was down there at one stage and Liam Curran's coming from Limerick, um, you know, and you know, Liam Curran's brilliant, brilliant record at intercounty level, so great coup for them. And, and but you're right. Like the expectation, then when you get a high-profile manager like that, there is only one expectation, and that's and that's to win a championship and semi-finals, quarter-finals, finals. You know, on a, like moral win, moral defeats. That's not going to cut it in County Gale because only one result that that's going to be uh, acceptable for Lean Kearns, and that's a win. Look, they've got to the semi final, they still have a lot to do. I would imagine at this stage they're favourites for the last common championship. Um, but as I said, they, there's, a, there's a big expectation on them, and they know that they have to deliver. Yeah, and then Port Pierce's defeating Ross Common Gales, uh, 19 points to 9. Um, that was a repeated last year's county final. Um, late scores, really, well, 10 unanswered points from Ronan Daly, Connor Daly, Sean Fahey, and Sean Ryan proving the difference there. Um, a side that we probably haven't heard a lot from in Ross Common football, but they're now in the semi final. The Kingpins, St. Bridget's, defeating Michael Glavie's 1 8 to 18 points. And to lose Senna Kilbride was massive for them, but they're thereabouts, a minor level, a comic level. And you probably would have seen Glavie's up close in Clare Go in the intermediate final. But Glavie's have a very good side, a lot of county players. And for Bridget's to beat them by that much, it's very impressive. Yeah, I am. Um, Glavie's really, really impressed me against Clare Gawley. And. Um, Andy Glennon at full forward, I must say, he was a fella that uh, that I was very, very surprised he wasn't he wasn't on a Roscommon. He went to number fourteen for Roscommon. He had Everton. He actually reminded me a bit of um, a bit of Senegal Kilbride in his prime. He was kind of a lazy style to him, but get the ball to him and he will do serious, serious damage. And they had good players all over the pitch, but they they worked to a system where where they got Andy Glennon on the ball quite a lot. And he caused Claire Galway all sorts of bother, but they, they were a really, really strong outfit. But look, St. Bridget's, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're very good semi-finals in Roscommon and it is competitive and trying to call a winner of that Roscommon Championship is going to be very, very difficult. Um, but Bridget's have, have a huge pedigree, but they've lost two Kilbrides now, which are, which are massive, massive losses to them. Um, but they'll still have plenty of talent to, to backfill for that. Pori Pierce's, Look, the dailies, we've seen them for Roscommon, like a brilliant, brilliant family of footballers. And 
you know, it just goes to show you if you can, if you're lucky enough, if any club is lucky enough to get a three or four brothers like that, um, of high high quality, physically excellent, you know, hard. They they play the game hard. The dailies, um, it can, it can, it can reap really really good rewards and um. You know, no more than the Dublin Championship at semi-final stage, Roscommon Championship at semi-final stage is also going to be hugely, hugely competitive. Yeah, and then Boyle beating St. Croix in the other quarter-final 4-8 to 12 points, and Smith's very central there. Moving on to the Kerry Senior Football Club Championship, uh, Mid-Kerry 113, Ken Mayer Shamrocks 112, and I suppose if Mid-Kerry said before the game if they can keep Sean O'Shea scoreless they'll have a great chance and they've done that and that's probably what got them over the line but just looking at the Mid-Kerry team Gavin O'Grady kicked 1-3 Liam Carey kicked 3 points and then you throw in Darren O'Sullivan and Peter Crowley like these divisional subjects for Liam Carey have such an advantage Yeah they do No, please don't ask me to go explaining how the Kerry championship works <laughs> um, whatever I say it'll be complete spoof because uh it's uh, it's a very, I'm sure it's not confusing, but to me, I've, I've never really had a right look at it. But I do know, you know, Khmer had a huge win over Dr. Croaks in some some championship. I'm not sure what. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what sort of championship it was. And Sean O'Shea was hugely influential. Um, you know, and Khmer a club that that are really, you know, they're they're they are become one of the, the powerful clubs in Kerry. Um, you know, Stacks and Croaks and the traditional ones maybe on the wane a little bit um, and Khmer possibly just big population and some really, really good talent of footballers coming through. Um, but yeah, the, the, the divisional sides of Kerry have a huge advantage. Like that mid-Kerry team is stacked with, stacked with footballers um, and probably, you know, South Kerry used to be very, very strong. Um, you know, and I'm saying mid-Kerry is probably the, the real strong regional, regional divisional team in Kerry at the moment. Yeah, and then Dr. Croaks um, defeating Temple Low, uh, 116 to 11 points. Um, Adrian and Killian Spillane kicking 8 out of Temple Low's 11 points. Um, Tony Brosman kicking 8 points again. Should, I, I know the carry forward line is so strong, but surely he has to get his chance at some point because the scores he puts up in every game he plays is just phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's I think, a crying out in carry that that's... I think Peter Kane will come under such pressure, even though he strikes me as a fella that that uh, won't uh, won't bend too easily with pressure. But but Tony Brosnan's performances have been uh, have been exceptional, and and not just this year. He's he's a real quality footballer, and like um, if he doesn't get his game with, with Kerry and he fancies a, a trip up up west, we'd we'd certainly take him. We'd certainly take him in Galway, um, but definitely, definitely. Will I would imagine will have to feature for for Kerry this year. Um, Temple No unlucky. They've had a couple of good results. Temple No, um, you know they're they're they first year up and senior small small rural rural, rural club. Um, uh, you know, but again they have the, the couple of good footballers in Spillane and and uh, Ty Morley and these lads. Um, probably just don't have the just don't have the, the the panel the depth of the panel to compete with Dr. Crokes at the moment. Will a club like Temple Know with a small pick be able to do it? Um or be able to um to compete with Crokes at any stage, I am not hundred percent sure, but you know, good to have them up in senior. 
Yeah, and Dahi Casey up for the year for Dr. Crooks is a huge loss. Uh, then East Kerry, the county champions, defeating St. Kieran's uh, 213 to 114. David Clifford was 5 1-1, but like the East Kerry team as well have Darren Moynihan, Paul Murphy and Shane Ryan. Uh, an unbelievable team really, but David Clifford got a straight red and he could be out for the county final and that would be such a huge loss like because we all know what Clifford is capable of. Yeah, I saw um, difficult enough to, to see exactly what happened. Now, from looking at David Clifford, he doesn't strike me as a fella, pardon the pun, who, um, who loses the head too easily. So we know he gets a fair bit of, fair bit of abuse. Um, and a fair bit of close attention. So he, he himself looked very, very surprised when the ref called to him or called him back. Um, uh, and I would just say in terms of the ref, like, I don't know who the name of the ref or who he, like, they need to be very, very sure that it is a straight red. Uh, to, you know, it means so much to these players and particularly David Clifford. He looks like a guy that that football is, is a huge part of his life. And to send him off you know, for straight red, possibility of missing a county final. It's a big decision. And, you know, we couldn't see it conclusively on the telly. That doesn't mean it was a wrong decision. But I just hope, for the referee's sake, and um, that it was the right decision. You know, I'm sure they're going to appeal that and appeal it hard. We've seen over the last couple of weeks that um, these appeals have got a lot of red cards rescinded. We saw the Austin Gleeson one for, to me... That was a Stonewall red card, um, but it was rescinded. So I would imagine East Kerry would be relatively confident that, that they could get David Clifford cleared. But, um, you know, he, he would be obviously a huge, huge loss to them if they couldn't. Exactly. And then the final quarterfinal, St. Brendan's beating Clarny Legion 217-19. was a surprising result. Stephen Stack over Clarny Legion couldn't do enough there to get a side over the line. Jeremy O'Connor 1-3, Jack Berry with a goal. Um, the mid semi-finals would be Rattot versus Summerhill and Afina versus Gail Cullen-Kill. But John O'Mahony produces it again. Um, a big shock. Uh, the Downs defeating county champions Gary Castle. and Just a terrific manager, really, like. Uh, like he he just has an ability to get um no he you know obviously they've got footballers as well um but he has an ability to really glue a team together and um, and instill a huge confidence and what John O'Mahony has is is that when he walks into a room he has that back he has that behind him where he's recognised of having won two All-Ireland Seniors, um, three Connacht, Provincial Connacht, one with Leitrim. He has done it, done it the hard way, in fairness to him. Like, he, you know, he started with Mayo, got into an All-Ireland final, you know, went back, won a Connacht Championship with Leitrim. He's, he's, he has success everywhere he goes. And as I said, when, when someone like that walks into a room um, and he says that, that he's going to bring success to your, your team, then you automatically believe it and uh, uh, like a, a, a brilliant, brilliant win for them. Yeah, and then um, the Downs will face St. Lomans and Terrace Pass would face at Lone. Lee McHale actually over at Lone, but some intriguing um, clashes this weekend um, and some intriguing results. But thanks, many for your time, Barry. Good man. Not at all.